So exciting to be part of a church with such a, a rich uh, tradition and history, and uh, the best is yet to come. As we think about this coming week and Thanksgiving, we have a lot to be thankful uh, for as well. As, as Bob mentioned, the last few months we've been going through the book of Exodus, and one of the things that is really clear in the book of Exodus is God tells his people uh, to remember all of the good things that he has done for them. You might remember we looked at this verse last week, if you were with us, from chapter 20, It says this in verse 2, the Lord, before he gave the Ten Commandments, uh, says this, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Over and over and over again, God calls his people to remember what he has done for them because we as a people are so prone to forget. We as a people are so prone to think about what we don't have, not about what we do have. We as a people are so prone not to remember all of the blessings that the Lord has given into our very hands. And so it's very important that we don't forget lest we slip into the trap of grumbling and complaining as these are displeasing to God. And so we need to remember all that God has done, not just in the distant history of our church, the distant past, but even this past year. 2021 has been a very fruitful year for MBC. Just think about a few highlights. We've enjoyed some really rich times in the Word of God, not just in the study of Exodus. You'll recall we kicked off this year with a series on dignity and worth and value, talking about the the important issue of the image of God, how every single human being has value and worth and dignity. Then we went through some of the most important promises of God in the Bible, leading up to the ultimate promise of victory and resurrection on Easter. Our spring series was a real highlight for me through the book of Hebrews called Greater Than All. Uh, One of our pastors even dressed up as Rocky, made a total fool of himself right here on the stage. You might recall that really ridiculous Sunday. And then in the summer, uh, we did a worldview series about the true story of reality, and so it's been really great. Our sermon webpage actually has been expanding digitally, as this past year we've had 5,000 unique visitors to our sermon website, and so we're very encouraged Uh, by our studies of the scriptures. Uh, Here at NBC, we think the Bible is inspired. It's inerrant. It informs everything we do. Every ministry that is uh, going on here at NBC is grounded in and informed by and submitted to biblical authority. The grass withers, the flowers fade, but, but the word of our God stands forever. And so we've enjoyed rich times in the word of God. Another highlight in 2021 has been some of the campus upgrades that we have enjoyed, including if you've been back by our office space, a renovation of the office lobby, a beautiful restroom renovation on the first floor of this building, and we've put in some additional surveillance cameras to have better security. So watch out, Pastor Bob. They're watching us around here, so just so you know about that. In 2021, towards the beginning of this year, we had a couple really uh, special staff additions. Sue Turner joined us as our donor relations manager, and John Bonaventura joined us as our NBC worship director. And uh, these are two great staff additions. In fact, can we just thank them for their great work that they do here at NBC? We appreciate you guys. Thank you, John and Sue. Just God has been so good. And really, our whole staff is extremely Uh, gifted. The Lord has been uh, providing in so many ways, and you know that, and you appreciate that, and that was tangible in your ministry appreciation earlier this month. And so thank you for taking such good care of our staff here at NBC. Another highlight this past year has been some of our special events. Throughout the year, we've done events like the hair-raising Easter egg party and trunk or treat. Each of those brought about 400 different people to our campus who would
wouldn't normally come to the NBC campus and a chance to meet and love on our community in that way. We also enjoyed our first ever Big Tent worship night this summer, and, um, and we also had a couple seminars, like Dr. Jim Owen's seminar, and our summer adventure program was just fantastic. In fact, this year, uh, we had 11 kids profess faith in Jesus Christ for the very first time at our summer adventure program, so we're so very grateful that God is using NBC in those ways. There's been a lot of other community outreach events that you may recall. Uh, we had, I think, Bob, this is a record, but three different underground sessions in one year. Bob's been working like crazy over there. And uh, we had over 200 shoeboxes packed this past week for our Operation Christmas Child. And one of the highlights for me this year has, was our 20th anniversary uh, uh, remembrance of 9-11, that memorial service, where we were able to uh, honor our community and civil servants. And so uh, we were able to bring up onto the stage not just our mayor, but members of our town council, the police force, uh, the fire department in our community, and the emergency response workers. And we were able to pray for them and bless them as a church. And that was just so amazing to see God use us in that way. We're, NBC is now a, a polling location for our community. And so we'll continue to uh, be good citizens and take advantage of that relationship that is, has been cultivated this year. God has been good. Uh, I don't have time to go through every ministry. I'm sure I'm leaving a lot out, and I apologize for that, but um, this is Thanksgiving week. We have a lot to be thankful uh, for, and all of that would not be possible if it were not for you. And so thank you for your partnership in the ministry, for serving together with us, for volunteering in your time, your talents, and giving of your treasure uh, we have a lot to celebrate and praise God for. So before we even look into the future, before we even think about 2022, uh, it's appropriate for us to pause and give thanks uh, to our God for all that he has given uh, to us this year. So let's pause for a moment. Would you pray with me as we begin our time uh, together? Our Father and our God, you have been so, so good. Uh, we come before you today with grateful hearts, with a spirit of thanksgiving. We come before you with thankfulness. Thank you for the way that you've used NBC this past year. And Lord, we thank you for the many blessings that you give us in our lives. You created us and gave us the very breath in our lungs as a gift. Apart from our efforts, you gave us minds to think, hearts to feel, and gifts to use in service to you. This was your doing, not ours, and we say thank you. And most of all, Lord, we thank you that in spite of our sin, you, because of your grace and love and mercy, sent your one and only son in our generation. Uh, through a greater exodus, through the greater Moses, you brought us uh, into fellowship and relationship with you because of his work on the cross. And in our generation, you brought us within earshot of this good news of Jesus. And we accepted it and we believed it and we say thanks. And now after receiving this good news of the gospel, we also thank you that you don't just bring us out, but you also draw us near. You pull us out to pull us in. And you are right now working in us that which is pleasing in your sight. And so we thank you for all of these blessings. We have an embarrassment of blessings in this country for freedom, for, for provision, for our family. And Lord, we thank you for what you're doing here at our church. We want to be very careful that all of the glory for this work belongs to you. And so bless our time. Even right now as we look forward would you, like the pillar of fire, like the pillar of cloud, would you go ahead of us a little bit and show us where you're working and show us, God, how to follow you carefully because we don't want to get one step ahead of you and we don't want to lag behind you either. And so, Lord, we want to be careful to follow you. 
in this year to come. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen, amen. There's a lot to celebrate, and uh, it's wonderful. But we also recognize that there is some work to do, some opportunities as well. Uh, If we're honest with ourselves this morning, living in kind of what we call a post-COVID world, a lot of us are recalculating. You know what I mean by that? We're still figuring out what normal is, where are we, and for many people, we recognize this has been a difficult season. The past 18 months has been a very trying season. In fact, it reminds me a little bit about this, a little bit of this picture right here. This is a picture of Death Valley. Uh, Death Valley is a desert valley in California in the northern Mojave Desert. During summer, it is one of the hottest places on earth. This is one of the hottest places on earth. It's right up there with the Sahara and the deserts of the Middle East. Little to no rainfall occurs here. Its soil is dry and cracked. It is a barren and lifeless place. And for many of us, that is what it has felt like for the last 18 months. With this pandemic happening, with all of the tension across the country, with the racial issues and the politics and the divisions and the polarizations and the the vaccines and the masks and, and all of the worry and the fear and the suffering that we've been witnessing or maybe even experiencing ourselves, it feels a little bit like walking through Death Valley right now. Now, for some of us, things are looking good, but we want to say that right now, Uh, this is a difficult time. Uh, Think about the the environment that we live in in New Jersey. This is, is, to me, maybe a spiritual picture of this part of the country. It can be a dry spiritual place here in the Northeast. A lot of people far from God. We have a lot of what I call the nuns and the duns. You know what they are, right? The nuns are the people who check none on their religious affiliation, and then the duns are people who used to be affiliated, but they're kind of done with that. So a lot of nuns and duns here in the state of New Jersey, and uh, this is like a postmodern world, post-COVID world. We are living in sort of a post-Christian part of our country, and we're wondering, is there any way to get any water in this desert? And the good news, the good news from the book of Exodus, friends, is that nothing is impossible with God. We serve a God who's actually able to bring streams of living water even into the most dry and desert places of our world. In fact, did you guys hear what happened back in the year 2017 in Death Valley? I don't know if anybody caught this story, but something really, really remarkable occurred. They had a record rainfall. And what nobody knew was that there were these thousands of wildflower seeds that were lying dormant right underneath the surface, waiting for rain, waiting to flourish. And in 2017, Death Valley came alive with what scientists called a super bloom. Just bloom, colors everywhere, a kaleidoscope of different uh, colors blanketing this desert floor. Uh, the, The grave of Death Valley came to life. And for me, friends, that's a picture of what our God can do in the desert. We serve a God who can take a grave and turn it into a garden. That's what we believe. We serve a God for whom nothing is impossible. We serve a God who parted the Red Sea for his children when they needed him. And so we have to think about what God can do as we move into the future. Now, why did these flowers bloom? The reason they bloomed, although many people didn't even realize this, is that there were seeds buried in this field, waiting for rain. We believe that we're standing on this desert ground and some seeds need to be sown. And so as we look into the future and we look at our ground, this is our vision image that we want to give to you this morning. Rooted in the truths of Exodus, 
We want to say, where do we need to sow certain seeds? Where has the board of elders seen the direction of where we need to head? Where are the seeds that we need to sow in this next year moving forward? And that's where we're headed. So Pastor Bob, come tell us a little bit more about what's to come in the future. Well, thanks, Pastor Dave. Indeed, 2021 was a good year. God did a lot of things and brought us through a challenging season with lots of rocky terrain, as we just talked about. As we continue to get our footing, we are increasingly excited for what God is pointing us to in 2022. And so as we look forward to that year, one of the questions we've been asking ourselves is just simply this, what is God calling us to? What is God calling us to? How do we discern his leading in there? Well, I think the answer to discerning God's leading is really it's found in Exodus chapter 2, verses 23 and 24. And, And these verses just jumped out to me when we went through that section of Scripture because they give us a a glimpse of God's heart for his people. Remember, they're in Egypt, they're in slavery, and it says this. It says, during that long period, the king of Egypt died, the Israelites groaned in their slavery and cried out, and their cry for help because of their slavery went up to God, and listen to this, God heard their groaning, and he remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. You see, in Egypt, the Israelites were walking through a a kind of death valley, a desert, literally, uh, wondering what was going to happen next, and they started crying out to God. And what do we read? We read that God heard them. God heard their groaning. Now, what I want to suggest today is that the way we figure out God's call for us, his vision for us, is to pay attention to the groaning, both our groaning and the groaning of others around us. Now, a few years ago, I attended a conference, and I heard Pastor Andy Stanley speak. And at the conference, he talked about this concept of finding God's will for your life. And he said, if you want to know God's calling for you, his vision for you, ask yourself just two questions, he said. Ask yourself, who are you, what breaks your heart? Who are you, and what breaks your heart? In other words, God has wired you How has God wired you and what moves you to action? What causes you, like the people of Israel, to cry out to God? And so as we look forward to 2022, as a church, we need to be attuned to how God has wired us as a church body and the groaning of the community around us. Now, these are often manifested in tangible needs, and those tangible needs help us to figure out concrete ways to invest in the coming year. And so to help wrap our minds around this, we thought a visual would be helpful. In 2022, we've identified five initiatives that we want to invest in as a church, five buckets, okay, five buckets. And each one of these buckets, which we'll discuss throughout the message, meets a need. The first bucket is what we're going to simply call campus upgrades. So here you got to think brick and mortar. What are the elements of our campus that need to be, need a little bit of, uh, a little bit of TLC, need to be upgraded? That's what we're going to talk about for that one. Uh, the second bucket is all about what we're going to call spiritual formation. And so this is the bucket where we're talking about how do we make disciples? How do we form fully, how do we, how do we create fully formed followers of Jesus Christ? That's the second bucket right there. Pastor Dave's going to talk about that in just a minute. Now, the third bucket is something we're calling digital outreach, because in 2020 and 2021, those were two years that just upended uh, church in many ways. 
And so we now live in a much more increasingly digital world. How do we bring the gospel to digital Babylon, as author David Kinneman puts it? How do we invest in that space? The fourth bucket is about the next generation. The next generation, because the reality is, uh, unless we invest in uh, the church of the future, there's not going to be a church in the future, right? So we got to think about the generation that's coming after us. How do we invest in them? And then the last bucket, perhaps the biggest bucket here that we have a heart for at NBC, is that of mission initiatives. NBC has a heart to share the gospel both locally and globally. So how can we invest to have the gospel go out and bear fruit all over the world? That's what the fifth bucket is all about. So those are the five buckets, the five areas where we see groaning in our church and in the world. And so in order to make these a reality, we, we're going to need your help. We need you to partner with us. And, ask, and as we answer the question, where is God calling us? What is God calling us to? And so I want, you to, I, want you, I want to invite you to think about that question specifically for yourself as we talk through each bucket today. And Pastor Dave is going to come up and talk about the first two buckets. So Pastor Dave, come and show us. All right. Thank you. So bucket number one is an exciting one, and we want to root these in the truths of Exodus. One of the, one of the passages in Exodus that stuck out to me really speaks to this bucket number one. We're going to leave this bucket empty. We're just going to say that this is a shell and that this is an opportunity kind of bucket. And in Exodus, there's something really interesting that happens in the Song of Moses, uh, where there's this one part of the song where Moses talks about what God's going to do for his people Israel. Look at the way that he says it. It says this, you will bring them in and plant them on the mountain of your inheritance, the place, Lord, you made for your dwelling, the sanctuary, Lord, your hands established. And so when God called his people out of Egypt, he brought them to their own land, their own space, the space that they could call their own, a land that was flowing with milk and honey. That land was a space they could use to glorify God all around uh, the world and testify to his relationship with them to the nations. Just like that today, sometimes God will give his children a space. Sometimes God will give his children uh, an opportunity to glorify God in a physical location. And so that's where we want to make an investment in bucket number one. And so here, there's a few campus upgrades that we want to talk about. You'll see them on the screen that we put together, sort of a digital brochure of this uh, particular giving opportunity. The first one is Fellowship Hall in this building. The lower level of this building is in need of some renovation and a little bit of a facelift so that that can become a space for better fellowship, connection, and community. So we're very excited about that. Also downstairs is the, the nursery facility that we use at NBC. And so Rachel, our kids director, has put together a proposal uh, to update and renovate the nursery there. There's a restroom that needs a refresh. And one of the things you may not realize about NBC is there's been a lot of new babies that have been born in our congregation. And so um, it's a wonderful opportunity to give them a fresh space with some plush carpeting down there. We don't want anybody falling and getting hurt. Uh, we want some new shelving and furniture and in a fresh inviting decor. And so we're excited about our campus upgrades that are kind of on the docket this next year. The second bucket is the bucket that I'm going to call the bucket of spiritual formation. We want to make an intentional investment in discipleship this next year. This is the one that I'm most excited about. And so first we're going to start a three-month discipleship journey through a sermon series starting in January through March, which will go along with it an accompanying small group initiative that focuses on spiritual growth using the image of a tree. 
Now take a look again at that verse from the Song of Moses. You might have noticed there that he uses this term planting inside of that verse. Something the Bible talks a lot about is trees. Trees are used for shade, trees are used for food, trees are used to build shelter and many other wonderful items. We'll talk about them next week as trees are used to build the tabernacle. But most often the tree in the Bible is used as a metaphor for spiritual growth in your spiritual life. Literally hundreds of times in the Bible, God employs that one metaphor to help you understand what it means to grow spiritually. Like in Psalm chapter one, God says, you will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water and your roots will sink down deep and you will prosper. Your leaves will not wither there, which is kind of amazing if you think about it. A tree is a very unique thing. Out of all the images that God uses to describe the spiritual life, and I'm going to take some seeds here, and I'm just going to plant this in the spiritual formation bucket because that's what that's about, planting seeds of spiritual growth. God uses this image of an organic or a botanical kind of metaphor to describe the spiritual life. God does not say, you shall be like that swordfish I created over there. He does not say, you will be like the water buffalo that I created. He says, no, you will follow me, and you will be a lot like this tree with your self-planted, with your roots going deep down, with your branches sprawling out, and with, with fruit of the Spirit coming off of your life, which is a beautiful image. That's what we want to be about, going deep, growing wide, living tall, and bearing the fruit of the Spirit. Now, if you know anything about a tree, you know the strength of a tree is not in its fruit or in its branches or even in its strong, sturdy trunk. The strength of any tree is always in its roots, which means, my friends, if you want to grow spiritually in 2022, if you want to grow tall, then first, you cannot do so without sending your roots down deep. You cannot grow tall without first sending your roots down deep. Friends, if you want to bear the fruit of the Spirit, brother or sister, send your roots down. And so what we're going to do, if you take a look at the next slide, are a couple of initiatives in the spiritual formation department. There could be, first of all, an opportunity for some staffing here, if the Lord wills that to be the case. And secondly, we want to put together a discipleship workbook and opportunity for small groups to go together uh, through a three-month discipleship series together, January, February, and March. So this will be a, a study that we go through that talks about all the phases of the spiritual life. I can't even tell you how excited I am about this. It's just going to be a fantastic opportunity uh, to grow as a church in the winter months. I can't believe I'm actually holding a draft copy of this in my hands. I'm very excited about this initiative. It's going to be great. You'll hear more about it soon, uh, but the spiritual formation piece is going to be a big part of our vision uh, in the near future. You'll hear more about that. That is bucket number two, spiritual formation. Okay, bucket number three is Pastor Bob. Not sure where Pastor Bob went. There you are. Tell right. us a little so bit those about... those first two buckets are super exciting, but by the time we get to bucket number three, we're going to start to see some, some fruit coming up, some trees coming up. So the seeds will eventually grow into a tree. Now, this third bucket is something we're calling digital outreach, and that may seem a little counter, counterintuitive uh, for some of you. Might not, might, might not have been on your radar until recently, but the thing here is that we want to plant a tree in cyberspace, right? We want to plant a tree for God's glory. Now, COVID changed uh, our world considerably, and one of the things we've been wrestling with over the last year and a half is this. How can we leverage some of these changes for the glory of God? 
And in other words, we're not just thinking, well, how do we get through this crisis? We're also thinking, what opportunities is this crisis opening up for us? And stepping into this digital sphere, we think, is one of those opportunities. And we want to plant a tree in the digital space so that the gospel would bear fruit even there. Now, some may object and say, well, you know what, Pastor Bob, uh, digital ministry, that digital ministry, that's what's wrong with the church. We need to be doing, be present to do real ministry. And yes, in-person ministry is, is crucially and extremely important, right? In fact, I would encourage you to find ways to be physically present with people to do ministry. Uh, but that does not mean that digital ministry doesn't have a place and cannot augment what we're doing in person. So don't think of this as a replacement, but an opportunity to connect more and reach more people with the gospel. In fact, David Kinneman and Mark Matlock express this sentiment in their excellent book, Faith for Exiles. And you can see the subtitle up there that it captures the need for digital ministry really well. The subtitle is Five Ways for a New Generation to Follow Jesus in Digital Babylon. Now, that's an interesting phrase, but it, <laughs> digital Babylon, what they say, is, is why this bucket is so important. Because like it or not, people are spending more and more time online. And what does that mean? Well, it means there's a new marketplace for consumer goods and ideas that are, that are marketed and purchased primarily online. If you're a business today, it's pretty difficult to survive and grow if you don't have an online presence. How many of you have ever you know, bought a product online or read a blog or a newspaper or watched a video online? Right? Digital Babylon has all the allure of physical Babylon. The difference is it's sitting right in our pocket ready to be accessed and explored at any moment. So what are the implications? Well, the implications are, first, we're getting messages on our phones all the time, and second, those messages are getting absorbed into our minds and shaping us. So David Kinneman calls this digital colonization, and listen to what he writes. This is a really important quote. It's a couple slides, but stick with me. He writes this. He says, the idea of digital colonization may seem extreme, but here's the point. Screens inform and connect, but they also distract and entertain. Through screens, ubiquitous presence, they're with us all the time, Babylon's pride, power, prestige, and pleasure colonize our hearts and our minds. This is pop culture is a reality filter. Websites, apps, movies, TV, video games, music, social media, YouTube channels, and so on increasingly provide the grid against which we test what is true and what is real. All these contests to define reality are features of the current Babylonian landscape. And then he finishes and he says, screens demand our attention, screens disciple. Now, some of you say, Pastor Bob, that's pretty scary. And maybe it is. But I also want you to see it's an opportunity because this is the mission field, right? And we need to plant a tree here and watch it bear fruit. Because if screens disciple, why would the church not want to get their message out there? in digital Babylon. So if you come back to the Exodus signposts, this is not so different from what God called Moses to in Exodus 3 and 4. What happened? Well, God, God meets Moses in the wilderness, in a bush on fire, and what does God ask Moses to do? What does God say? Exodus 3, 7, it says, the Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. In other words, I've heard their groaning. What does he say next? Verse 8, he says, so I've come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians. I've heard their groaning. I want to save them. How? Who's going to go? You're going to go, Moses. 
And so he says in verse uh, 10, so now go, I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. So God sends Moses back to Egypt. Why? Because he heard the cry of his people and he wants to save them. But Moses doesn't want to go. And so chapter 4 of Exodus is all about Moses making excuses for why he doesn't want to go to Egypt. And the dialogue, he ends the dialogue with an honest admission we saw in Exodus 4.13. He just says, Lord, please send someone else. Please send someone else. And that's the way many of us feel when it comes to, to something like a digital outreach. Send someone else who knows the computer or the phone better. Send someone else who's, who's younger. Send someone else. But Moses eventually obeys, and he goes, and because, because that was where the people are. So today, church, people are living in this idea of digital Babylon. Their screens are discipling them, but not for the gospel. And that's why we want to invest in this idea of digital outreach. Now, you might be asking yourself, what does that look like? Well, let me give you some tangible examples, because a key part of our initiative is to launch and build an NBC YouTube channel. And you say, well, why YouTube? Well, because that's where, and this is what the studies show, the large, it's the largest search engine in the world for young people. That's true, right? If people have a question today, what do you do? In fact, you've probably done it too. What do you do? You look it up on YouTube because there's probably a video of telling you how to do stuff or how to answer certain questions. Well, what if we could help provide the answers that people are looking for at the spiritual level? And so if we're going to do that, secondly, we need to upgrade our Wi-Fi infrastructure. In fact, we were working on that this week. We want to make sure we're not dropping any signals. There's nothing cutting out. And third, for that outreach to be successful, we need to generate the right kind of content that people want to find. Now, we're already generating content from some events we've had, like the underground sessions and like our sermons, uh, but we want to take it a step further and do things like cutting out sections of the sermons and, and, um, and categorizing them so that people can search and find answers to questions. We need to make new content that people are interested in and that answers spiritual questions behind their groaning. And so to create the, the content, we need, we need some of the following. We need things like equipment, because we want our videos to look good, and that means we might need good cameras and lighting, or we might need staffing. We might need people to edit and make videos. In fact, we just took on Tim Yukis, one of our graduates, as a new video editor here at NBC, and he's been doing a great job. That Winter Village video, that was all him. Finally, and we talked about this a few years ago, but we're looking at creating a studio space from which we can get the message out. All of this is exciting, and we are praying that God will allow us to plant this tree in that digital space to bear fruit for the gospel. Now, one more thought before Pastor Dave comes up and as he gets his tree over there. Um, I mentioned YouTube earlier is the largest search engine on the internet. Why is that? Well, I believe it's the people are searching for answers to their groaning. They recognize this world is not as it's meant to be, and they want answers, now imagine if God used us to answer someone's question and it led them to Jesus. Now that'd be pretty cool, I think. Pastor Dave, come up and tell us about this fourth bucket. All right. You can see a progression here if you've been paying attention. The next bucket, bucket number four, is what we're going to call the bucket of the next generation, the next generation bucket. God hardwired into the scriptures and into his people 
an opportunity to constantly be building into the next generation. That's what the Passover was supposed to be. Let me remind you of the words from Exodus chapter 12, where it says this, when you enter the land that the Lord will give you as he promised, observe this ceremony. And when your children ask you, what does this ceremony mean to you? Then tell them, then tell them, tell them it's the Passover sacrifice to the Lord who passed over the houses of the Israelites in Egypt and spared our homes when he struck down the Egyptians. It is very important that we intentionally pass down our faith to each subsequent uh, generation. The Bible says very clearly in Psalm 145, one generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. And so we have to make an intentional effort in the next generation with two different initiatives in 2022. Uh, The first one has to do with the young adult population. And more often than not, when I hear comments made about millennials or Gen Z, I hear criticism. More often than not, when people talk about the next generation, I hear critique. But anybody can criticize. And I'm not saying some of those criticisms aren't valid. What we need to do is make an investment. What we need to do is add some investing encouragement to the next young adult population. And so what we want to do this next year is we talked to Johnny, our young adult director, and he said, you know what would be really fun is if we had the opportunity in this next year, 2022, to take all of our college and young adult students and send them to the Passion Conference. It's a well-known conference that's been going on for over uh, 10 years, and it's just a fantastic opportunity to worship, connect, fellowship, and learn from the Word of God together. And they would have a blast just connecting around uh, the Word together next year. We said, Johnny, that's a great idea. Why don't we make this part of our next year Young Adult Initiative the fourth bucket. And so uh, he said, great. So here's a little promotional video of what that conference will be all about, just to give you a little taste of what we're going to do for our young adults this next year. So check this out. What if there were a band of students who said, we're going to pray, we're going to believe, we're going to walk it out. We'll be up early praying over the campus. We'll be up late asking God for revival. We'll share the gospel with our friends. We will be light in our dorms. And we want to see this campus awaken such that his name is echoed in every quad, in every dorm. Jesus gets the glory. Your name and your renown are the desire of our souls. 2022. Let's send our young adults there. Let's make an investment in the next generation. That's part of bucket number four. The other part of the next generation investment involves kids that are a whole lot younger than that. Most of you know we have a preschool at NBC called Little Footprints Learning Center. Lots of families are here every single day on campus sending their two, three, four-year-olds to our preschool to get a Christ-centered preschool education. It is a fantastic ministry of NBC. Uh, In fact, it has been called the Yale University of Preschools because it truly is an incredible place of learning. Just look at this one testimony this year from from Luke's mom. Uh, She wrote this in. She said, I cannot begin to say enough good things about Little Footprints Learning Center. This school has been an enormous blessing to our family. When I leave my son there, I know he is being cared for by a staff who genuinely love him and only want the best for him. Friends, that's what it's all about. 
your gifts make that possible for that family. Now, imagine this might not be the age and stage that you're at in life. Imagine you were a single mom. Imagine you were a young family, and you really couldn't afford to send your young kids to preschool. And you're out having coffee with the other young moms, and they're talking about they're going to send their kids to this preschool or this private preschool, and you can't pay for that. So your, your child doesn't get a head start in reading and learning and social interaction. You're just going to wait until kindergarten. Just imagine being that single mom or that family. Friends, we don't need to add that kind of stress uh, to, a fam- to a young mom or to a young family and have that kind of stigma and have that child need to wait. Instead, we can easily make a difference there. And this year, so what we want to do is we want to make a very large donation to the Little Footprints Scholarship Fund to put $20,000 aside for any needy mom or family who has a child who wants to get a head start on their education, and we want to make that investment possible, sowing seeds in the next generation, and we believe the Lord will bring the harvest in his time. We're very excited about bucket four, the next generation bucket. There is one more bucket. So, Pastor Bob, tell us a little bit about bucket number five. This one's a little bit heavier, so. I ran out of breath the first service carrying this one out. This is the fifth bucket, and this is the bucket for mission initiatives, and the tree is the biggest because it reaches the farthest, right? So we're investing in world missions so that the fruit will bear not just here, but all the way around the world. The next generation is crucial for us, but I also think it's part of showing us God's missional Heart, which brings us again to this final bucket, that bucket of mission initiatives. Now, as you saw in the opening video, MBC has a long and a rich history of supporting Christian missions, not just locally, but around the world. That commitment remains to this day. We have a passion for the mission locally and globally. Now, many of you might not know this, but MBC actually gives away 20% of our budget to world missions. 20%. Now, in other words, if when you give the NBC, you're not just supporting the work of the church here, but you are supporting the work in places like Senegal and, uh, and Indonesia and Thailand and Germany and Ukraine and Pakistan. You're getting, giving literally reaches around the world. That's why that tree is so big. <clears throat> now, here's the amazing part. Most churches at best give away 10% of their budget to missions. What we do is we double that and trust the Lord for his provision. Now, through your generosity and the work of our world partner missionaries, we have planted a tree in this bucket that has grown big and has borne fruit. Why? Because our God is a God who saves and deserves all the glory. Now, through our study of the book of Exodus, we have seen over and over again that God brings us out of darkness, out of slavery. He delivers us when we place our trust in him. And this was most famously seen, I think, a couple weeks ago in the Red Sea episode where the people of Israel are at the edge of the sea, about to be overtaken by the Egyptians, the evil Pharaoh. But God parts the waters, saves his people, and defeats their enemies. And as the scene concludes, we read this in Exodus 14. It says this, But the people of Israel walked on dry ground through the sea, the waters being a wall to their right hand and on their left. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day from the hand of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. Now what's the reality here? The reality is our God saves. Right? Our God is a God who has a missional heart. He wants to see people saved. In fact, Pastor Dave drew this out even last week in Exodus 19, 
We read this. We read, now therefore, God says to his people, if you indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all peoples. For all the earth is mine, and you shall be my kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the people of Israel. See, God does not just save us for the sake of saving us, but then he calls his people to bless others in all the earth. Now, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, this amazing truth is reiterated in 1 Peter chapter 2, where we're told to go into all the world to both represent and reflect, we're a treasure possession, the character of our great God. And by doing so, we see people saved and lives transformed. And that's why we believe in missions here at NBC. And it's why it's one of our five buckets. Now, I mentioned before, we have people all over the world sharing the gospel, and today we're privileged to have a few of our world partner missionaries with us in the service. Um, I thought it'd be appropriate to invite them on stage and see what God's doing through them. So, Gerald, Alice, would you, would you join us on stage here? <clears throat> some of you know Gerald and Alice. They're doing some amazing work overseas, and uh, we're going to hear a little bit about that. In fact, you guys serve in, in Sen- oh, served in Senegal. Uh, maybe could you tell us just a little bit about uh, the people, the country, the mission field in Senegal? Because that's been a major investment we've made here as a church. Thank you. We've been with uh, military over 10 years. And Senegal is a beautiful country in one sense. Um, the people are really beautiful. And it's a very dry country. Nine months of the year, there is no rain. Kind of like the, um, the Dead Sea. And so um, my husband and I were trying to reach out to the people and share with them. They value hospitality, and so we're drinking a lot of tea often. And another thing that they value is peace. But unfortunately, they have no peace. And so we are there to share the gospel. Uh, And I'll just add that uh, the uh, majority religion is Islam. Uh, for the country as a whole, it's about 92%. But we're working specifically with the Wolof people, and for the Wolof people, it's almost 100% uh, Muslim. Yeah, so not just a, a, a country that's dry physically, because I've been there, it's a lot, a lot, very desert, but very dry spiritually. So why don't you tell us a little bit about the work that you've been doing in Senegal and how you've been, you know, in a sense, planting uh, uh, seeds and, and seeing trees you know, grow for God's glory. Uh, we have been involved in uh, Bible translation uh, in the Wolof language, and actually there are, are two Bible translations. One aimed mostly at the village, villages, because the Wolof spoken there is a little different. Uh, it's more the pure Wolof, whereas uh, the Wolof spoken in urban areas is uh, mixed with other languages. It's kind of a little bit watered down compared to the, the village Wolof. So, um, the translation that is aimed at the villages is almost finished. Actually, hopefully this coming year, um, everything will be completed and ready for publication. We're actually working on the second translation, which is aimed at the urban areas. It's, it's complicated because you have uh, other languages mixed in and to know how to translate, um, but, but we know that uh, God's hand is in it. Now, I like this illustration of the seed, which brings up the, the trees, you know, God's word, God's word itself says God's word is like seed. And so we have a part in bringing that seed. Um, but we know that it goes beyond that. We, we think it's very important. Prayer is very important. And part of you uh, 
allowing us to be over there financially and in other ways. We know the prayer is so important, like uh, the, the rain that came to Death Valley. Uh, the seed can be there, but beyond what we can do, beyond even what we can bring, and even the seed, we know that God is the one who sends the rain, and that's where we, we pray and ask God to do beyond what we can do. No, I think what's so interesting about this is we often focus on ministries that look like, you know, you can visually see um, uh, fruit right away. A Bible translation, sometimes you might think, well, you know, that takes a long time and you don't see as much right away, but it is so crucial for people to be able to read the Word of God in their language to come to faith. So thank you for the work that you're doing. Um, it sounded to me like in our, in our previous conversations, like God, God might be doing something different in your ministry. Could you, could you share a little bit about that? Yes. Uh, first, I want to say that uh, our translation team, uh, we lost a couple of members earlier, but during the COVID time, actually, we, uh, God added back a couple of Senegalese workers, as well as a couple of new missionaries in, in Senegal who have expressed interest in working in Bible translation as well, helping. And so we in, ended up, whereas we'd gone down to one person helping us, we'd lost two people. Now we gained four more. So... Um, we have really a stronger team. The change that might be ahead is that really we feel like maybe it's a, a time when it's more appropriate for us to hand over more of that responsibility to this, this team. And that means for us, well, what does it mean if we turn that responsibility over to them? Um, what is the future for, for us? So there's at least a possibility that we would end up, at least after a transition time, uh, returning to the U.S. to work possibly still with World Venture, with Senegalese people here in the United States. There are different questions, but we see that a transition of some kind uh, looks like it's ahead. Okay. Well, I always ask this to every world partner that comes, how can we pray for you? And then maybe also, how can we specifically pray for Senegal? Well, for us, we, pr we ask that you pray for our transition, that we would really know how God wants to use our talents and our experiences. Um, for praying for Senegal, and I, and I guess since we work especially with the Wolof people of Senegal, um, I ask that people pray for the Wolof just as I shared before, the rain coming. Whenever I think of the Wolof people, I think of uh, in Luke chapter 19, there are a couple of verses where it talks about Jesus coming, approaching Jerusalem, and, and as he sees Jerusalem, he just starts weeping. And why is he weeping? It, it, he says, Oh, if only you could see what would bring you peace. But what, was, what would bring them peace was hidden from their eyes. And I think that's exactly the way I see the will of people. And I think that Jesus has wept over the will of people. Because what would bring them peace, at least so far, has mostly been hidden from their eyes. So again, we ask for prayer specifically for the will of people. And that God will send the rain. God will open the eyes to really be able to see what would bring them real peace. Amen. Well, thank you for sharing that. Do you mind if I pray for you right now before we continue? Let's pray for Gerald and Alice. Heavenly Father, thank you so much just for the work that you're doing through Gerald and Alice over in Senegal, Lord God. Father, for the, the, the way they've been tra faithfully translating your word and how people over there have been able to read it in their language, Lord God, and I'm sure how people have come to faith because of that labor, Lord. 
So I pray that you would just continue to have your hand upon them, that you give them wisdom as they're figuring out the next steps in their ministry. Lord, we pray for Senegal in general, Lord, that you would open up eyes, that you would send the rain, Lord God, and that there would be a super bloom of the people over there, that many people would come to know you and come to faith in you, Lord God, and that would lead, lead to an explosion Lord God, of conversions all throughout West Africa and then uh, over to the continent, Lord God. Would you protect them? Would you guide them, Lord? Would you be with them? And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Joe, Alice, thank you for sharing your hearts. Can we give them a round of applause? Thank you. Well, hopefully that gives you just a bit of a window into what the Lord is, um, is doing uh, here at, uh, you know, both at NBC and around the world. Um, uh, you know, one of the things that we, this is why we, you know, we made it a, one of our five buckets because it's so important. Um, and as we look ahead to 2022, um, the NBC missions team started praying and asking the Lord, are there any special projects that we could invest in in the coming year? Uh, we were asking, you know, essentially, where is the groaning that we can do something about? And so you may remember back in 2019, we, we partnered with, um, with Bo Columbine, another world partner in Senegal, and specifically invested in that country by redeveloping an auto shop in the capital city of Dakar, where Bo started to make Disciples of Christ um, in his work there. Well, in 2022, we're excited to announce two initiatives that really rose to the top. And first, on the local front, we have a fabulous local partner ministry uh, called Feeding Hands. Uh, this ministry helps to meet the uh, both physical and spiritual needs of the poor in Somerset County, New Jersey. Uh, Feeding Hands is based in the Manville area, so you may remember a couple months ago, Hurricane Ida came through and there was lots of flooding down there, and um, a Feeding Hands facility was really impacted. Well, NBC has already helped by donating, donating a number of necessities to them, but we want to go even further. And so over the next year, we plan to purchase two new commercial refrigerators that are going to replace the ones they lost in the flood. And by doing that, we have a hand in helping to feed those who are desperately in need in our local community. Now, second, on the global scene, we have an exciting new world partner named Amun Sharon. Uh, many of you had a chance to hear him in the service this past July, and you know he's, he's really, he's, he's excitable. He's, the Lord is doing a lot of things uh, through him. Uh, he was also at the Underground Sessions in August. Now, Amun heads up something, uh, a ministry called Alpha Ministries International, and they have a major footprint in Pakistan. And one of their visions is to start 50 church schools that will impact hundreds of kids in the country of Pakistan. And so this year, what we plan to do is we plan to help by funding seven of those schools through the help of your generosity. So friends, just with all of this said, we, we, we just want to emphasize these are exciting times to be at NBC. 2021 was a good year. And we're trusting the Lord that 2022 will be even better because we want to stop the groaning in people's hearts and point them to Jesus. So there you have it, five buckets where we're going to plant trees for the gospel, campus upgrades, spiritual formation, digital ministry, the next generation, missions. That's where we're going to invest in 2022, all glory be to God, which brings us back to the super bloom. So we started out the message with the picture of Death Valley. And again, this is the way many of us have felt for the last 18 months. We're walking through this desert valley. There's no rainfall in our lives. The soil of our hearts is dry and it's cracked. And as we come to the end of 2021 and we look forward to 2022, we are longing for Death Valley to come to life. What if 2022 is the year that Death Valley comes to life? That spiritual wildflowers bloom everywhere. 
Well, that can happen if we plant the seed, if we provide the water, and watch the tree grow. So church, let's end the dryness this year. Let's end the groaning in our world by offering the spiritual nourishment of the gospel. So as we finish today, I'm going to invite the worship team to come on stage. And as they come, I just want to pause and ask the Lord, and I I want all of us to pause and ask the Lord how he might be calling each of us to respond in 2022. Now, at the end of 2019, you may have remembered that we put together this this beautiful pamphlet that folded out into a cross with all these initiatives we were planning on doing. It was really creative, and Mark D'Augusto did a lot of work on this. Um, Some of you might still have it on your uh, refrigerator from a couple years ago. Um, We outlined all our initiatives for 2020. Now, you remember some of that change because 2020 just, you know, was 20, or 2020 was just 2020. Um, (laughs) We've done the same thing this year, but we've put it in digital form. So hopefully on the way in, you were able to get a card like this. If you didn't get this, grab it on the way out. Um, And on the back of the card is a QR code. And if you don't have the card, you can see it on the screen behind me. Um, What I want you to do right now is uh, take out your phones. Take out your phones, and you can open up the camera app and scan that QR code, and it will take you to that digital brochure on our website, our end-of-the-year giving website, which outlines all the things that we just shared this morning. And on that page, you're going to see a Give Now button where you can make an end-of-the-year contribution. All the monies are going to go to the general fund. We're going to direct them where they need to go. Uh, But we recognize the Lord has blessed us richly, and we want to be good stewards. But we also need your help to make this a reality. So in just a moment, I'm going to give you a minute or two to be silent and to pray and ask the Lord this question. Lord, in 2022, where are you calling me to give? Lord, where are you calling me to give? Now, there's three ways you can give at the end of the year. Um, And as we move into 2022, the first area that you can give is your time, right? You you know, maybe the Lord has given you a servant's heart and you just want to help wherever you can. Uh, you want to give your time by serving on one of our ministry teams here at NBC. In fact, you might remember just a month ago, we had a ministry fair outside where we highlighted all the ways that you can serve. Uh, for some of us, we just need to jump in and show up. Second, along with that, you can give your talent, right? Who, that's the who are you question. Uh, maybe the Lord has given you a specific skill in hospitality. You can join our greeting team. Maybe it's financial acumen. You can join our finance team to help manage the church's finances, Maybe it's music. You can talk to John up here uh, and join the worship team, potentially. If you have talent, ask the Lord, how can I use that? Because maybe you just haven't made the time to, to do that yet, and 2022 is your year. And then finally, you can give of your treasure. Because maybe the Lord has blessed you financially, and you've been praying, Lord, what, how do you want me to invest this treasure you've given me? Well, we would ask you to prayerfully consider making an end-of-the-year contribution to NBC and help us make these initiatives a reality, because it does take money to do them. Help us to build the kingdom here and around the world, because as God's people give, we await a super bloom of blessings in the next year for his glory. Where is God calling you to give in 2022? And so while the worship team just starts playing, you can just start playing right now, John, Um, I'm just going to give you just a minute or two to just pray, you know, look at the website, look at the digital brochure right now if you can, and ask yourself that question, Lord, where are you calling me to give? And John's going to let you know in just a moment when you can sing in response.